and welcome to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. Friends, I have lost my voice. It is gone. Someone stole it, and they ran on it, and they punched it, and that person's name was Father Anthony Sharapa. Why did you steal my voice, priest? Wait, 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 wait. First, before we get to your, your blatant lies, knowing that you have a radio show to do, which requires you speaking, why did you go for the intro where you scream? That was the most painful looking thing I've ever seen and heard. You've never known pain, priest. <laughs> Wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like a hierarchy of needs here for the radio show podcast thing. I feel like the the intro scream does not outweigh like the rest of the talking you have to do. No, it absolutely does. the the oh, okay. The scream is actually all anyone cares about on this show. Um, well, you're the expert. I'm just here to, as a co-host, so I don't know. Um, most people are probably agreeing with you, but. <laughs> As but they're you, not experts. But, they don't have a radio show. They don't have a podcast. What, what do they know? What do they know? What do they know? And this is insight into uh, anytime someone asks Father Anthony a question. What do you know? I'm an expert. And that just walks off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man, Father Anthony. It was quite, quite the weekend. Oh, was it? Both personally and like just everyone in general. Like this might have been the biggest pop culture weekend Ever, like legitimately ever. I'm glad. I'm glad you said pop culture weekend because I was just thinking about like how two weeks ago it was Easter, and I feel like that's a bigger weekend. I mean, that was weekend. only one event, though. <laughs> oh, right. You're right. It was only one event. That's the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. 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 But right. Uh, a lot of other stuff happens re this past reruns. It's all reruns. Yeah. We, Forget we, about Divine Mercy Sunday, by the way. That also happened this weekend. Right. Let's just go. Let's just go to the pop. Not stuff. not in pop not in pop culture at all. They've they've no. already heard Divine Mercy. To them, it's over. This is releasing much much later than this. So, oh, wow. uh, I'm gonna need some Divine Mercy after this. And actually, like this whole idea of this pop culture weekend. So what, what happens again? We had Avengers Endgame, this culmination of this story that's been going on Dude, for... I'm super nervous that you want to talk about this. I, no spoilers. No spoilers, I promise. No okay. We're actually talking about not giving spoilers. We'll do our spoiler cast in like a month. We'll, we'll let everybody know that it's coming. We, anytime there's a big movie, we do, we do a spoiler cast. This is not it. We always have like a preliminary conversation around the movie, and then we'll talk about it later. So Avengers... Uh, Endgame. Like, l legitimately, this movie franchise started when I was in high school. That tells you how long ago this was. Like, that was a long time ago. Yeah. And it was this huge culmination of this story. Uh, the Game of Thrones, like, biggest battle in television history was on Sunday. Like, people can think what they want about the show, but, it, like, that is true. Like, it's the biggest battle ever on television or a movie. Um, we had the NFL draft all weekend as well like legitimately like these huge storylines all happening on this weekend and of course the most important of all the saint joseph's track team regional track meet the biggest event of them all that's the one i heard about in the news i didn't hear about these other ones right exactly saint joseph's track meet it's the one it's the reason i lost my voice 
uh, I was yelling both for and at the children <laughs> on the track team. <laughs> I thought you were going to yell against the other team. Oh, like that... the other runners were like, run slower, please trip. Hey, look out. <laughs> I didn't say those things out loud, Father Anthony. Mm, but you but I you may are. or may not have prayed it silently, and it may or may not have actually worked. I was really impressed. <laughs> Wait, were you cursing the children? Were you putting curses on the children? I mean, we've all heard the story. Praying for bad things to happen is a curse, and that's bad. No, it's not, because we know this. We know this. I know this, of all people. Because there's a prophet in the Old Testament that the the children are making fun of them, making fun of him, and he calls down a curse upon them, and the she bears come and and maul the children. That's essentially what I did. Nobody just saw the bears. The kid just tripped. <laughs> <laughs> totally biblical. My life is. <laughs> so okay, the the meet went very well, and this this there's a couple things I want to talk about about this weekend. One is people achieving their dreams. I saw that both like personally at the track meet, like legitimately, like I lost my voice just with these like primal yelling when, when these kids that I've been with for three years, like there are two of these kids, like my superstars, my captains that have been with me since pretty much day one of me coaching track. And like, we went from these young kids to now, like they're going to get gold medals at the state meet next week. Like it's, yeah, cool. it's insane, man. And like, I love, like I personally get to see their hard work. I get to see, like, because I'm I'm making it happen. Like, they're they're throwing up, they're passing out, they're like they're doing all of these things, like to work hard these last few months. And then this kid who literally never says a word, like, was supposed to get second place, gets first place, and is just like pounding his chest, like these these like just primal, just like ah, you know, like I'm just like I'm so proud of these kids. I love it yeah. so much. And uh, I mean, it's just super exciting. And at the same time, like, are, you're not an NFL fan, are you? You're not like a real man. Not particularly, no. Yeah, not a real man. Uh, that's what I thought. Oh, is that how we're <laughs> going to define masculinity now? Yes, yes. NFL over WWE and hockey for sure. I just had to take wow. it. I just took an entire shot at clerically speaking. Yeah, <laughs> just you just took a shotgun blast. <laughs> <laughs> with a shotgun, okay. you don't have to hit with every bullet, just a few of them. Yeah. And I think I landed a few. So uh, the NFL draft, it's been a thing for forever. You know, people, it's 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 fun, but it's like there's so many like mock drafts. Everybody kind of knows what's going to happen. But there was something new that like the television networks did, the NFL network mm -hmm. that was showing this. Um, have you ever achieved any of your dreams, Father Anthony? Yeah. Uh, do tell. I'm a priest. When did that dream begin for you? High school. Man, you are right. I am the expert on radio. I ask tremendous questions, <laughs> and you're just like, yes. I'm just no. waiting for you to tell me High my school. dream isn't the dream. This is I don't I don't know what to say. Wow, you're yes, like so. I, I haven't even done anything, and you're already like I'm like, already getting real defensive. <laughs> Whose fault is that? I don't know. Don't hit me, says the the guy who was just <laughs> shot by a shotgun. <laughs> so uh, I I love watching people achieve the dreams. I saw it at the regional yeah. meet, but then like. Yeah, it's cool, like, seeing people go up and they get their hat from their new team, but there was something new this year that they did. Like, after they got drafted and they had all the pomp and circumstance, they took these guys, these, like, grown men, you know, these 21-year-old dudes that are 6'8", 400 pounds and 3% body fat, and they started showing videos of, like, 
two, of two different things. One, like the owners calling these guys who have like sacrificed everything, hard work, sacrifice, like, you know, fun, sacrifice relationships, sacrifice, like focusing on other things to become the best at what they are. And then yeah. like legitimately the bit, like the biggest man, he's, he's, just, he's become famous. Like DJ Metcalf. He's like, three percent body fat like you can see every like fiber of muscle in this guy's body and this man gets the call from the seattle seahawks and like the probably the manliest looking man i've ever seen just breaks (laughs) down in tears and then like i'm tearing up because i'm like well if he's allowed to cry then i'm allowed to cry right (laughs) and and then they did this other thing father anthony that absolutely wrecked me it absolutely wrecked me yeah. Uh, there were these pre-recorded videos from like their family or their mom or their grandma or their grandpa of like congratulating their sons or you know whatever the relationship was, congratulating that man on achieving his dream, and like everyone is crying, everybody yeah. is crying, mom's crying, dad's crying, you know the the <laughs> kids crying, and like it it I'm laying by myself in bed at like four in the afternoon crying. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> uh, do you have any feelings or emotions? I do have uh, several. Um, I mean, I, I mean, that's beautiful. I do remember that experience. It was actually the crying for me. didn't happen at my ordination. It happened at the night before where I'm staying over at the seminary and I'm just thinking about, the eight years of seminary and how hard it was and um, everything that went on and that it's all finally coming to an end. I finally get to be a priest. Uh, I remember just, just bawling my eyes out and calling one of my good friends about, it. cause I was just, it was just a relief and just to be happy with that. So um, I guess football is also important. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you say that that is, that it was the night before. Cause it was the same for me, like for my, yeah. for my, for my vocation, for my wedding. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't cry on the wedding day. I cried yeah. watching her walk down the aisle at the practice the night before. You know? <laughs> like, oh, it's gonna happen! It's gonna happen! Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we have something else in common. We now have four things in common. Just four: uh, <laughs> our stunning good looks, our right. ca- our Catholicism, correct, uh, crying before our vocation, and that mm-hmm. we're both bad at video games. We have these four things yeah. in common. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> good. that's a good list. That that's is that's how you make friends, right there. <laughs> Okay, let's spoil Avengers. I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. Um, but I he- have blocked people for just vaguely talking <laughs> about the Avengers. I have yelled at Father Harrison, my co-host <laughs> for my podcast and priest friend. I have blocked um, uh, Ed um, from CNA Live uh, because people are saying, oh, just kind of talking about it or saying whether or not you liked it. That's not a spoiler. Just like just 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 don't because one, it's a slippery slope. Then you'll begin to talk why you didn't like it. And, and you know what else is done this? Blevins. I've seen some of his posts where he's like vaguely implying stuff and like doing these vague spoilers. No, no. <laughs> just be, why, why do you have to just shut up for two weeks? Right. My day off, no, no, this is important. My day off is Wednesday. So when the movie comes out Thursday, I can't watch it. I have to wait a week. Just give me, give me a week. That's all I've asked for. And people are still being selfish and it's driving me crazy. Just don't talk about it. For a week. That's not too much to ask. The best spoiler I've heard was from... <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, no, you'll like this. I promise. I'm not spoiling it. Like, oh le- legitimately, the point of this segment is is talking about not spoiling these things because, like, I want to... Uh, 
I want God to cast down fire on these people. Uh, I had to change it because that was uh, that was the nice way of saying my actual <laughs> intentions. Um, there was a junior high kid, like legitimately around. Like junior high kids are the worst. Don't don't be around them. Like they're purposely spoiling the movie <laughs> for people. Uh, they're the worst. Uh, but one kid said, like because like I've heard people share spoilers, so I share other things that could possibly be true that are not real spoilers to confuse the people that heard it so that they can actually like, they don't, then they don't know what's true. I'm being very helpful. Oh, so you're just like, you're just like throwing like smoke bombs everywhere. So right. people don't know what's, right. what's up and what's down. I hear something <laughs> real and I'm like, uh, you know, uh, Thanos is Spider-Man's dad. And they're like, like, there's no <laughs> way that that's true. But like, people are like, well, maybe, but maybe you know? it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best spoiler I heard from this junior high kid, he said, Aquaman drowns, which is funny on <laughs> Two levels, uh, because Aquaman is DC and not Marvel, but also yeah. it's Aquaman. He cannot drown. <laughs> like that's right. it, that's ridiculous. So, um, I, you've you've gone on your rant, and and I did. Like, I, I want to get into because like. I, I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it when people spoil things because it's like these stories we are so connected with, especially ones like like Star Wars, which comes out this year, 40 years in the making of this story. And this is the culmination of that uh, Marvel. Like these characters have been with us since we were kids. And this one story has been with us since 2008, 11 years ago. Yeah. Like. Why would you want to ruin that for somebody? Because people who ruin that kind of stuff, they're bad people. And they get joy from other people's misery, and they're bad people. When you joke about it to torment other people, you're a bad person. You need to repent. You need to ask yourself, why does causing misery or anxiety in other people, why does that make me so happy? Why am I so empty inside that the only thing that fills me up is other people's pain? What does that say about me as a human being? That's the questions you need to ask yourself. Stop spoiling stuff. Take a look at your soul, see how dark it is, and turn to Jesus Christ. That's what you need to do if you're spoiling stuff for other people. I, this, I love that this this topic is the single biggest soapbox you've ever stood on on the show. <laughs> it's just it's such a small thing, but it's such a dumb thing for people to do. Like I know it's just a movie, and it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely fine. The fact that you want to ruin this innocent little joy for people. I, it's just you're just a bad person. Just accept it, <laughs> repent, turn to Jesus, and stop being a jerk face. I, I think that's the big thing for me is that it's seen as this little thing, like oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's, then it's like, first of all, then why did you go see it opening night so that you can spoil it for everybody else? <laughs> because it was important to you too. And like, <laughs> it's not like we are so connected to these stories and we love these characters. It's not just this simple thing. Like, it is deeper than that. It's not just spoiling a movie. It's I want to ruin your life for a day. <laughs> And yeah. it's like, that's, that's dark. That's really dark. I told the junior high kids that I spoke to on, on Sunday night uh, when I was talking to them about the book of Revelation, which we're going to talk about uh, in, the, in a final segment of our show today. I told them that the book of Revelation says that there's a special place in hell for people who spoil movies. <laughs> <laughs> and they believed me because revelation is so crazy so that like three minutes later i still see them staring at me i was like right. guys i was kidding it's not in there but it is still true <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty pretty crazy so um the last part about this that i want to talk about like i, I like mm -hmm. you even brought it up like in your dichotomy between like yes this last weekend was the biggest pop culture weekend like 
that I can even remember, like probably ever. But you're right. It was Divine Mercy Sunday weekend. Last weekend was Holy Week, which again, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like there's something every week. And yet, like, it started out with a joke with our friend T with Tolkien. Like, she was like, you know, who's going to the the vigil? And I'm like, I've gone to the vigil a ton of times. And I made this joke. Like, I meant it as a joke. They're like, right. oh, what's more important, Endgame or the or the vigil? And I'm like, <laughs> well, like, the, the vigil's reruns. Like, I've seen it multiple times. And, like, <laughs> this is new information. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant it as a joke. Fine. I, I don't actually mean that. But then I started yeah. thinking about it. It's like... There is something, there's something true in every joke and there's yeah. something in me that it's, it's difficult for me to do the same thing over and over again. Like even like, even when it comes to movies, like I don't rewatch movies. If I rewatch something, it's like 10 years later, like I'll rewatch Harry Potter series 10 years after I watched it the first time I'll rewatch, yeah. you know, like we re rewatch like infinity war one time after like a, almost a year. Like I don't revisit things because I experienced them once. I, I have a fairly good memory. I remember my experience. I remember what happens. And then I move on to the next thing. And so it is difficult for me. I found this difficult. It's not usually this difficult, but like th- of these last two weeks, like, like I, I've already experienced Good Friday. I've already experienced Good Holy Thursday. I've already experienced Divine Mercy. Like I'm, I was more excited about like of Endgame, uh, the Game of Thrones, like, season finale, like, and I, like, I felt bad about it, and I, like, what's going, what, like, what's going on? Because there is some truth in that. Help me. Yeah, so I think uh, it's important to recognize that these are different things. Like, Endgame is a spectacle. It's uh, an event. It's this pure entertainment fireworks kind of deal. And so that thing lends itself more to this one-time kind of event where the faith, like the Easter vigil, that goes deeper than a one-time sort of spectacle. So you can go two ways with that. One, there is a temptation to let things in the Catholic faith become normalized and then uninteresting. And then we kind of drift away and we lose our zeal. The other side of that is I think we are invited to enter into those things in a deeper and deeper way so a lot of times i think for families like maybe when you were single and you like going to the easter vigil that's good but the best way for your family to enter into the easter mystery is not the easter vigil it's easter morning right and that's fine that's, that's i mean if we didn't you know be one thing if like we only offered easter vigil and people were doing like illegal masses somewhere else right? <laughs> there's a reason why the church offers these different times because they're they're, they're both good uh but i think it's just these are different events because you don't want to Actually, the problem is the people who compare the Easter Vigil to Endgame are making a one-to-one comparison. They're saying, oh, these things are both equal. It's like, no, they're not. They're totally different things. Right, right. So down, you know? yeah. I think that's where the mistake's made. And yeah, and I think there's, there's often, especially like in the Catholic world, there's this dichotomy. It's like you have to choose. You have to choose football or mass uh, uh, or you don't love God enough. You have to choose right. Avengers Endgame or mass. And like if you feel more excited about about Endgame, then like you're a bad Catholic. And it's like, we have all these mass times. Like I can, I can have it all. I can do both. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. because they're not, it's not sinful in and of itself. Um, so it, I just, I've just never liked that dichotomy of like, yeah. I, 
I did. Like we went to Easter Sunday and it was beautiful. I absolutely yeah. loved it. And it was like, yes, this was another experience that I've had a ton of times before, but it was beautiful being there with my family and this like, celebration. Like my six year old is it's new for him, you know? And like, I'm asked, answering questions that yeah. he has. And like, so there was that, but it's like, we also as Catholics have to be aware that like, it is ever ancient and ever new. And like we yeah, come yeah. into every one of these situations as new people in new situations, but there is that ancient part of it. Um, but I do, we have to close by saying you definitely spoiled the ending of, of Easter. You did spoil the ending of Easter. Like you definitely oh, talked about it during Lent. So um, uh, we have to chastise you for this later. So um, he, guys, here's what we are going to do. We are going to, to leave this conversation and we are going to uh, bring on my buddy, Mr. Any Hickman, to talk about uh, possibly loving our neighbors. That's the thing we're supposed to do. So uh, don't go anywhere. And I'm talking to you, Father Anthony. Don't go anywhere. Okay, please, okay. please don't leave. Father Anthony, do you have any friends? No. Well, I can't help you in that case. But if you ever make a friend, do you uh, believe that any of these friends will have a beard, lips, or skin? Oh, definitely. I would only make friends with people who had a beard, lips, or skin. Or or all three? Preferably all three. Preferably all three. Sorry, ladies. Celibate priest here. Only friends. That's the rules. Only friends with with men with beards and that one lady from uh, what's that movie called? Greatest Showman. Exactly. You could be friends with her. So uh, Catholic Bombco has some of the greatest gifts, not only for you, but for your friends as well. You can actually love your neighbor by buying them some Catholic Bomb like beard stuff, which I use, and it makes me look amazing and. You could also buy lip balm for those lady people that you know, but Father Anthony can't because that's illegal, just like mm-hmm. just like sinning and hearing confessions on Xbox Live. Um, have you used Catholic Bomb Co. before, Padre? I have not. I'm waiting for someone to gift it to me, so well, I think I, they should use your code to I buy me some Catholic I can't gift it to you, but someone else wow. can, and they will get 11% off by going to fortecatholic.com slash beard, B-E-A-R-D. To get 11% off your next order. Order? Order. Welcome back to Forte Catholic, your home for hosts who have no voice. So he brings in the help of one of those priestly men, Father Anthony, still hanging out here today. And also... Mr. Eni Hickman. Eni, how are you this morning, my friend? Doing great, brother. Dude, it's nice to see you. Uh, so, Eni, I've told you this before. I, I've looked up to you from afar for quite some time. You've, you've worked in the Houston area where I grew up for most of your professional career. And uh, we had a cool moment a few weeks ago where, like, I've been looking up to you. I've loved you for forever. I love how you speak. I love your ministry. And I was actually able to, like, work with you, which was strange and cool for me. It's like, hey, this guy I've looked up to for forever. I'm going to go, like, pick on a guitar behind him while he gives a talk. It was sweet, man. <laughs> the old uh, 
noodling behind the prayer. It's how we manipulate people. Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful manipulation that makes them fall in love with Jesus and question it two <laughs> weeks later. I love it so much. <laughs> that, was, that was really real. <laughs> that was impressively real. So, yeah, Annie, most people know you as a speaker. They know you also as um, as a president of, of, this, of these ministries. But we have to talk like we have to zoom in first. We have to zoom into this event that we had the other day because I think you had this this great point and a great opportunity to do something very special. And I want you to tell the story. So you got up to start this talk where you had about 30 or 40 minutes. Do you remember the story from the Gospels that you started with, that you led with? Yikes. No, you got me, man. Okay. You got me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I like truth be told, like I have been giving, you know, the same message for years at least, you know, and, and and what I mean by that is not the exact same stories, but I'm pretty sure I remember what I challenged them to. You t- you tell me what what did I what did I use? Okay, so you led with this story of of Jesus in the Gospels, where he tells he tells he gives a parable, and it's set up for this huge talk, and you shared the story of the parable, and then all Jesus does is share the parable, ask them a question, oh, yeah. and walk away. Oh, yeah. And I legitimately thought that you drove all the way to this camp to share that parable and just walk off the I'll walk off the stage. Yes. I thought it would have been like the most powerful thing ever. No, yeah, Luke eight, uh, the parable to sow the seeds. It struck me years ago just how different Jesus preached than we do. You know, we get up to you know to entertain, to impress the story, the big long deal. And it seems to me like when I, when I see Jesus preach, I mean, he really just doesn't, um, he's not, he's not giving parables just so that, you know, people are like, Oh, okay, I get it. Uh, and actually he follows up by saying that he speaks in parables so that in hearing they may not hear and seeing they may not see at the end of the parable, he says something really specific. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And uh, then he goes on to tell the apostles after they ask him, like, what did that mean? You know, that they have been given to the kingdom. Uh, But for others, uh, he speaks in parables so as to confuse them, basically. I use that as an illustration to share about how our desiring God and our desiring to know more of him uh, is really is really the first step. It's the building block to understanding the word of God that we can't just you know, be, you know, be taught the word of God and not have ears to hear. So yeah, I, you know, I'm looking at that crowd at St. You're talking about St. Thomas high school, right? Where you went to school, all boys. Yes. All boys, Catholic school, no offense, Aaron Dominguez and everybody working hard over there to uh, bring those kids to Jesus. But it's definitely one of the if not the most difficult mission fields, I believe, in the United States. Shepherding sheep that believe that they're already in the flock. Mm. I, I recall actually a, a, a singular moment, and I've shared this a few times with friends, in that talk, saying, saying something to the effect of like, uh, hey, you know, we're all in need. We're all in need. We have needs. We, have, we, we need these things. And I, and I remember looking and just seeing blank stares like, nah. I'm not like, I don't have need. I, I'm, there's nothing I need. And, um, and I think that's that, yeah, that's, um, that, that story, you know, I share that, I shared that at the beginning, basically to open their ears to go like, wait a minute, do I want to know, or do I, do I have a need? Do I have a desire for God? Uh, because if you don't, I mean, there's not, you, you're not, and, and this is one of the greatest 
sort of diseases I, I believe in our culture and society is that like we get everything we could ever want and need. I call them the snacks of the world. You know, the idea that there's just all these things that we can fill our bellies with uh, that we get the sense that we're not hungry anymore, you know, or that we're, you know, we're just eating Cheez-Its rather than the feast, you know? So that's sort of why I started out on that note um, with that story. Yeah. Jesus does preach differently than I do. And you know what? Like you just gave me insight into father Anthony uh, because his homilies and, and whenever he speaks, it is also <laughs> very confusing and doesn't make any sense. You have never and, heard my homilies. I sure have. I, I stalked that you on the explain. internet. No, I don't know. It does explain however my tweets. Now everybody, whenever anyone wants me to explain my tweet, I'm just gonna be like, no, no. If you have, if you have, if you have eyes, you should see. I'll yeah. explain anything to you. See, you've actually already done this. One of your greatest moments on Twitter was last week. Whenever yes. you tweeted and somebody said, can you explain? You said, uh, say, please. say please. And then yeah, they please. said, please. And you said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was it one was of the most great. savage moments by a priest ever. I have a question. I know it's maybe getting a little bit off topic, but just what um, you said, and he really uh, was making me think. Because when we say in talks things like everyone has a need, we experience that as like this universal truth. Like all of our friends who are Christian have like, come to this point where they realize that there's this need that they feel empty. And then when you give that same information, when you bring that to those guys, they say, no, why do you think that happens? Or like, how do you awaken someone to a need they don't know they have when it seems so obvious to us that it's just a part of the human experience? Like, it seems like a universal truth. But then you realize, wait, it's not, but is it, does that make sense? Sure. I mean, I think like, obviously the human person is born and we need food and we need, you know, water and we need attention and we need affirmation and we need love and we need community and we need all these things. And I think when I was kind of going through that litany, that was, you know, there were these blank stares like, really? Like, I need love. You know, like, I don't feel like I need all right. I need affirmation. I need these things. And yeah, I mean, I guess I guess from I mean, the older I get right, the more that I know that I'm in need more life experience I have going, Oh my gosh, like that's why I do that. You know, because I have this, I have this deep longing for love. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think I fully, you know, yeah, I don't think I got that when I was a kid, but as far as universally understanding our need, I, I don't, I see that honestly as like the, the foundation of the whole thing. It's what unites us as human beings. This, this idea that we cannot do this on our own. There's no way we can do this on our own. And when we understand, and I love food and I love the illustrate and, and I love, I love taking food as the, you know, sort of the illustration of that and just going like, you will not be able to survive without your mother at a certain point. And in the same way, you know, that spiritual sustenance, we were unable to do this on our own. And I think that for the majority of, you know, believers, Catholic or Christian or wherever you stand, there's this idea that, you know, if I'm going to survive or I'm going to make it to heaven or I'm going to, you know, be, you know, a, a saint, this has everything to do with me doing it, right? And me filling all those, you know, those check, that checklist of this is what it means to be a saint. Yeah, the idea of um, kind of backing up and going, nah, actually, this is very little to do with me, everything to do with my openness to what God wants to give me. With those kids, it's interesting because it's like they don't have a lot of need for material things and they can they can buy whatever they want but like what they can't buy is 
forgiveness of sins. Like that's not a thing that they can buy. And it's like, that's one of the only things it's always the key to the gospel anymore. message. Can't do that anymore. Right, 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 right. Well, maybe, maybe in a certain parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but other than that, other than that, I don't accept bribes. I do accept gifts. <laughs> gifts. <laughs> uh, you know that Father Anthony withheld absolution from me because I told him my sins on Xbox Live. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But We're not there yet. <laughs> we all have this. We all have this need that, like, we can't earn. We can't spend money for. We can't perform better for. And it's it's that great chasm between between us and God because of our sin. And that's an interesting thing of that I think you shared. Somebody shared that day of like you can't you can't buy this. You can't get this because of your your social standing you you get it by just asking for help right and when catholic schools are filled with the elite and those that can buy everything else that is just a foreign concept of like wait a minute what do you mean you mean i can't just work hard to be a saint you know i can't just do that all on my own yeah it is sort of a it's a it's a foreign concept i buy happiness all the time my parents buy buy me happiness all the time i think it like i said i think it's one of the one of the most difficult mission fields out there. That's why I'm not there. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about where you where you are because uh, you did see a need. Um, we've been talking about need this whole time. You saw a need uh, within the ministry field uh, to go back to something to something more simple, something from back in the day, not out in front of people, but sitting on a porch. Tell us a little bit about Delray Collective and and, and y'all's mission there. Yeah, I think we just overcomplicate most things in the church. I think we love to just spend our wheels and our energy thinking about new systems and new projects and new programs. And, oh man, maybe this will do it. And let's create more t-shirts, you know, like let's do all this stuff, you know, and no offense again, podcasts or public ministry or speaking or How all dare this you, stuff. Sir? But, How dare you? But really, but really the, <laughs> it's, I mean, I'll pick on you if you want me to. <laughs> The reality is, I mean, the, the system and the model is already, it's already been given to us. And I had this experience where it was probably about 11 years ago where um, my, my son uh, approached me after, um, after mass. We were eating breakfast. My son approached me after mass and asked me um, if we could go meet our neighbors and my neighbors, you know, of course, I was living in, in Phoenix, Arizona. I was out in the suburbs. and I was on, I was in front of 40, 50,000 people a year on stages, top of the ministry game, youth minister at St. Timothy's where Life Team was founded. And we were rock stars. <laughs> My son said, can we meet our neighbors? And I said, why? And he proceeded to say, a Sunday school teacher told me that Jesus said we should love our neighbors. So I thought we should meet them. <laughs> and I just, I mean, it was one of those moments where I was like, say that again, buddy. Like, oh my goodness, like, wow. And it just always began to kind of roll in. I mean, the grace was present. We were already kind of like God was shaking the earth underneath us. I felt like our, our ministry life was on a collision course with our life life. The amount of time just spent where we feel like we were spinning our wheels and these programs and all this stuff we were doing, walking off stage and just going, what happened there? Did I actually even do anything? And my son says this and it, and it just begins to occur to me like, what if when God said, love our neighbors, he meant our neighbors. <laughs> 
I mean, it's so stu- it was so stupid. Here I was, like, you know, st- I'm studying for my master's, and th- I'm, I'm, like, doing all this stuff. I'm just going, wait a minute. What if, of course, Jesus meant, you know, everybody's our neighbor. But everybody as our neighbor is, it's, that's scary. It's almost impossible. And, you know, so this idea of loving neighbors, our actual neighbors, you know, the next door neighbors of people on our cul-de-sac or on our block, uh, began to just flood my wife and I like, that's what we did. And then, and then this thought occurred to me that if everybody who was following Jesus actually commands seriously, like that's actually something that could work where if everybody in their, where they're planted, you know, mother Teresa, find your own Calcutta or stay home. You know, you want to change the world, stay home, love your family. This idea that it's a lot simpler than we make it. Um, and a lot less complicated. And it's something possible for every missionary's disciple to do. For every every believer to say, oh, just love my neighbor, like just Jim and Susie, like that's it. That's all you want me to do. There's, <laughs> there's, um, there's a sense of rest there. And so, so, so that's where the beginnings of Delray Collective came about, just this idea of, of empowering people just to not freak out because they don't know here and the apostles, they like our theology is so much better than theirs, but yet we still believe unless I know, you know, I can't be a missionary disciple unless I this, this or this, or have some public ministry. And I believe that as public ministers, as people who are on stages or on podcasts, I believe we have the responsibility. And oftentimes we like, we perpetuate this issue by giving this idea that the only way we can do ministry or the only way you can lead people to Jesus is by having some sort of platform, which is just not the case. It's just mm-hmm. not the case. And in, in a lot of ways, folks who are doing the simple and loving their neighbors, you know, whether that's at their work or their school or their actual neighborhoods, doing, they're doing more effective work than we are sometimes in that, you know, we're just giving talks. Re- the tough stuff, the really tough stuff where the rubber meets the road is when you are in an environment where people do not agree with you and people or have a differing opinion about politics or religion or, or faith or stuff like that. That's where, that's where a lot of, you know, that's where the missionary disciple meets the world. And so um, Delray Collective is about giving people tools and encouragement uh, to do mission work in the everyday not being afraid of that, but actually seeing that as like, that's right where Jesus is calling us. So for my wife and I, yeah, we have, we still have this public ministry. If I was a garbage man, you know, anything, we would still in this thing. So 11 years ago, we began opening our home to our neighbors weekly. It's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy. There've been people who've come to the faith and then there's been a lot of people who have, we had, uh, we had, you know, our Muslim neighbors, they, you know, if it's six o'clock and the sun's going down and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it home. They go pray in our prayer room, you know, like, oh, that's fine. You can use the front room to pray on the opposite end. Neighbor, you know, a few years back that he came over and was kind of mad. He's been, he had been on my porch for four or five years, every week, having a beer, tattoos, you know, face tattoos, everything. He's um, intimidating to say the least. If you, if you were to meet him on the street, he comes over and he's like, any, I found you on YouTube. You know, he's like kind of mad. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, you're like, he's like, you're like a preacher guy. Like, wait, you're you're like a preacher guy. He goes, he's like, when are you going to tell me about Jesus? Wow. You know? Oh wow. Like right, how about right now? <laughs> 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 right now. You know, so 
I, I think like the, the desire, like this consumerism, sort of more, 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 all of the all of these sorts of things, this kind of stuff has sort of crept in this country that more equals more effective, right? Or that numbers are the most important thing or that it has to happen fast, you know, like get rich quick. There's like this get holy quick scheme that's just false. And, you know, the witness of the Christian day in and day out, simple hospitality, uh, simple kindness, loving smiles, things like that. They take a long time and they're a lot less sexy than a conference, but they're effective. And, um, and I think that that's, that's, yeah, that's what Delray Collective is about. It's just about going like, Hey, let's, let's uh, encourage you in that, in that small way. Yeah. I love that so much. When we talked the other day, I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to be one of your arms. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go get on the website Sign up, and I think uh, I need to tell my wife first, or ask my wife first. Like, hey, you want strangers to come to our house? That'll be fun. We should love our neighbors too. Because I was convicted when you said the story about your son telling you that uh, the same way you were eleven years ago. So, hey, thanks for coming on, me. And how how can people get connected with Del Rey? You saw me and Father Anthony's face when you shared the story of your son. Hey, we should actually love our neighbors. How can people? What's the next step? How can they get involved with it? Yeah, so Del Rey. It's spelled, it's, it's Spanish Spanglish. of the King, Spanish Del Rey Collective, uh, D-E-L-R-E-Y collective.com. Um, it's called the Open Porch Network. And uh, basically we are a, uh, a group of um, everyday disciples that are opening our porches to our neighbors. Uh, you can go on there, click the Open Porch Network and uh, learn more about how to get connected. Also, um, you know, Father Anthony is now following me on Twitter, so so you can uh, follow along uh, at E N N I E the number four, and um, I tweet occasionally. Awesome man! Well, hey, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for everything you're doing. Yeah, you are the man. Guys. Yep. All right, guys, we will be right back for our final segment where Father Anthony and I are going to talk about the Book of Revelation. Don't go anywhere. Father Anthony, have you made any friends yet? Nope. Well, I'm very sad for you, but do you know people who uh, own feet? Oh, I do. Most people I know. Well, then, have we got a deal for you from our friends over at Sock Religious? Did I say sacrilegious? I did not. I said sacrilegious, but that play on words is intentional by the owner. Sock Religious has the greatest socks in the entire world. I wore them yesterday for the athletic banquet because my track team is so amazing. I wore the St. Michael socks because literally, like I said in the show, I had angels fighting the other team for me. It was absolutely beautiful. Uh, have you gotten any of these socks yet, Father? I did. I got the Resurrection Jesus socks, and I wore them Easter, and it helped me pray Mass so much better because I wore these socks. Well, I'm actually surprised by this news because I didn't think the answer would be yes. I'm very proud of you, and I'm glad that you prayed better. You too, my friends, can pray better. If you go to ForteCatholic.com slash socks, you'll get some kind of percentage off that I can't remember off the top of my head at this moment, but you will finally receive that happiness that you enjoy, and you'll finally be able to pray in Mass, endorsed by Father Anthony Sharapa. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am your host without a voice, Mr. Taylor Schroll. And I am 
still joined by the co-host without a brain, Father Anthony Sharapa. <laughs> so this, if nothing else, will prove that I like I plan content of the show, but yes. most of the things like intros and stuff, totally made up. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know I was going to say that until literally my brain was saying it with my mouth. Yeah. So how, how do you feel about it's this? It's kind of revealing, though, because like you didn't know where you were going to go. So you go back to like what you know best, right? right. Remember, we we're like stressed out. Okay, what do I know best? And the first thing you went to was like, let's just, let's just straight up out of nowhere insult Father Anthony. That's where you went. It is embedded in the depths of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and so, some people will say, some will say, that it's mm -hmm. because of my fallen sinful nature. But what mm -hmm. they don't know is that this is God's calling on my life to help you remain yeah. humble. This is actually, so it's actually my definitely service. Deserve it. yeah. It's a service to the church um, that, no, I'm, really that I'm doing here. Um, you know what else is a service to the church? What else is a service to the church? Feeding the poor, but that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk <laughs> okay. about the book of Revelation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so this whole book of Revelation thing. Uh, you're, you're a priest, or at least that's what you've told me. Uh, uh -huh. What like misconceptions have you come across in your ministry of people believing about the book of Revelation? Sure. I think the biggest misconception is that people don't treat it like scripture. They treat it like either a magic book or a book of codes. If somehow you break the magic code in the book of Revelation, then you'll know exactly what day the end time is going to happen and become this huge, like it becomes about control and trying to like not break open the word of God in the sense of like understanding it in a more deep way, but to like crack the code. And I think that's where most people go wrong. Yes. They get obsessed with like numbers and things and say, you're this reading is, it the wrong way. This is a mystery novel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I had this uh, class when I was an undergrad called Apocalyptic Literature. And it was about, like, obviously the book of Revelation was in there. We read a bunch of apocryphal stuff and a bunch of, like, other religions' version of apocalyptic literature to then compare. And, you know, we finished it up with all, like, the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, like, all the apocalyptic literature in the scriptures. And my my favorite thing about this is all the misconceptions. And my favorite thing that I learned about about like in that class was all the people like you said that like looked at all the like dates and times and numbers and they were like the end is here april 4th 1772 and they all wait on a mountain it doesn't happen they're like you know they they go off in shame for a year and then they come back and they're like sorry i did my math wrong it's april 21st 1776 <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like no you're an idiot like that's that's the truth um this isn't a book to help you have secret information that no one else has like this bible literally in the same bible it says no one knows the hour that the end is coming not even the sun like right. he is god you're not going to figure it out, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm smarter than Jesus. So, um, yeah, common misconceptions in here. Like, uh, like everybody focuses on, you know, the dragon, the numbers, the 666, and right. uh, the Armageddon and the rapture. This is crazy. I, I didn't know this until I, like, I was reading this book called Unlocking the Book of Revelation. Um, and what it's actually about in a Catholic context. The number 666 is mentioned one time. One time. Um, the beast, 
like the the mean old bad beast doesn't come in until chapter 13. Yeah. That's that's quite some time. And these these two are my favorites because like like you're old, you remember the Left Behind series, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I never read them, but I know what they are. Yeah. Sure you didn't. Uh so they're all about the rapture. Like, you know, yes. like God coming and like all the Christians disappearing and like crashing their planes into everybody that's left. And, you know, like that's the rapture. And then there's like this whole, like the antichrist will be there. Um, you can, you can read your notes there. Uh, tell us how many times the word antichrist and rapture appear in the book of revelation. Antichrist is a word that isn't even in the book. And what about and rapture? Rapture. <laughs> Rapture is a word that isn't even in the book. Not even in there. It's like it's like me walking up to you and telling you that Avengers Endgame is all about shepherding lambs. Like it's not <laughs> in there. It's not even close. And it's like I'm trying to make this case that it's what it's all about. Right. And it really isn't. So like like you said, it's people like the book of Revelation is at the end of the Bible. Um, but like, you know, typically like I know the Bible isn't like one straight narratively written book, right? But right. God's a smart person and he put it at the end for a reason. <laughs> like you're, you have to read the rest of it for it to make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And because yeah. there's so many connections to the old Testament and this sort of thing. Um, we're going to get into this more over the next couple of weeks, but I want to zoom in and talk about one thing first about the book of Revelation, about what it's actually about. So chapters one through 11, it's this vision that John has. Um, and it's all about like revelation, like in, in the sense of like God revealing things, right? Like the book of revelation, yeah. it's God unveiling new information about heaven. Right. And the second part is all about these chalices being poured out which is, you know, like there's, there's one for all these different things. And then there's going to be one person that does all the chalices, blah, 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 blah. It's all about Jesus, Jesus coming back. That's the first thing. Yep. And then it's all about, uh, this heavenly liturgy, this heavenly mm -hmm. celebration, right? Uh, which is crazy because, um, we, we need your priestly expertise. What are the two parts of mass there, father? You have the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. Exactly. It's exactly how this book is set up. There's the liturgy of the word, God revealing things to John. And then there's all these, these chalices and these prayers and these praises um, with things like this. And I just want you to stop me when you understand something that this sounds like on earth. Okay. This is okay. John describing something that's happened happening in the heavens. Men in white okay. robes, singing songs, incense, altars, altars, chalices, high priests, vestments, consecrated celibacy, tabernacle, lampstands, cross, the sign of the cross, gloria, alleluia, holy, 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 lift up your hearts, literally stop me at any time, lamb of God, amen, intercession of the angels and saints, silent contemplation, kneeling, singing praise, and the marriage supper of the lamb. You did not stop me, I read the entire list. You know, it sounds like... <laughs> Like it's vaguely familiar. Um, ba, 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 ba. I'm gonna punch you in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all about what I'm gonna do actually after we're done recording the podcast. I'm gonna go celebrate mass. This is all a bunch of stuff that happens and is involved in the holy sacrifice of the mass. Exactly. I'm so very proud of you. We all are. Um, that's everyone applauding you for realizing this. This is me the entire time. I was reading that list. 
that's that's how I felt throughout that entire thing. It's like save I saw, me. I, I saw how long the list was. I was like, I'm gonna make him read the whole thing. I'm not gonna like, say anything. He's been making fun of me, and I know that his voice hurts. So I'm gonna make him say a lot of words <laughs> and just laugh in his face. Okay, we've got to make the point here. We got to land the plane. So yes. This all talks about Jesus coming back soon. Uh, this was written about just about 2,000 years ago. Um, I wouldn't, like, if you told me, like, hey, we're out to eat, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go to the restroom, I'll be back soon, and you didn't come back for 2,000 years, I'd be very confused. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so was Jesus a liar? Like, no, he wasn't a liar. He said, I'm coming back soon. This is all about this liturgy of heaven meeting earth. Mm-hmm. And, like, we get to experience like a coming of Christ every time we go to mass. Like we get to experience him. We get to become one with him. It's freaking beautiful. I love it so much. And then it's also about like, Hey, but for real though, like Jesus is coming back with like chariots of fire. You should probably shape up your life. Exactly. Final thoughts. When it happens, it's going to feel, when it happens, it's going to feel soon. Like, Oh my goodness, this is already happening. (laughs) (laughs) I I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Well, it was soon, wasn't it? Hmm? Hmm. Yeah. So the next time you go to mass, it's not just this thing. Like we talked about earlier that, Oh, you have done this so many times. Like it's literally the time that heaven meets earth. And it is so beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, we have to say goodbye to our listeners. We have to say goodbye to father Anthony, who looks just like Rob Stark. We love you so much, Padre. You are the best. Thanks. All right, guys. Uh, Father Anthony is going to leave us for a month, but I will be back next week. See ya! Father Anthony, I'm really concerned that you haven't made any friends yet. Are you okay? Me too. Uh, I mean, I'm a little little sad. Well... I can't help you there, but I can help the other people join a community of just the most amazing people in the world over at patreon.com slash forte. I think it's forte. Do you know? I don't know. Patreon.com slash forte Catholic. That's how it goes. I'm like you said earlier in the show, I'm a professional. And I know how to do things. So there's all kind of bonus content, things that we uh, didn't have time for on the show, things that we literally couldn't say on the show because Taylor would get fired. Um, That's all over at patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. If you want more Father Anthony, and if you want to finally help him be a friend, you can pay for that privilege at patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. Please help me feed my children.